Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. You know, I didn't want to get in the car. With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Yes, just like the serial killer who keeps coming, we are back for another episode. You can't get rid of us. Hello, Amanda Howard, the serial killer whisperer, true crime author, and, of course, criminologist. How are you? I'm good, my love, and can I say congratulations on the new job? So, well done. Thank you very much. Yes, I am uh, entering the world of radio where I will be behind the scenes as an executive producer on a new daily program, but I'm also doing fill-in presenting on air uh, at Radio Station 4BC in Brisbane. Very excited, I have to say. Uh, I am so proud of you. So I knew that once you got your foot in the door there that they weren't going to let you go. So you have an amazing voice and and <laughs> an amazing producer's brain as well. So um, I think that they've they've got some pretty good talent coming on board. So Well, thank you. It was interesting, but they headhunted me specifically for my array of accents apparently. So um, they, <laughs> they really want me to – they said every time we need to do a Russian accent, we want you, we Indian uh, – uh, you know, uh, Texan, you know, said, you're the man, Rob. You're you're a man of many accents. Yeah, and it's also called a hate crime. But it- <laughs> <laughs> It's amazing I haven't been cancelled. All right, it's going to be a big episode because this one, Amanda, uh, it's Elliot Roger. And give me the 15-second tease of this case. Okay, so we have someone who loves the sound of his own voice, sounds familiar, and also uh, loves to talk to a camera, and he he talks like a certain actor in a certain film, but we have a guy who uh, really hates what the world has done to him. He's not at fault, everyone else is. I'm just wondering, is this an episode of Monsters Who Murder we're watching? Uh, (laughs) All right. That is coming up shortly. Let's get into the news stories of the week because there are fears a serial killer is on the loose in St. Louis in the USA after the shooting of seven black women, two in the same week. While police have refused to categorise the murders as the work of a serial killer, at this stage they have admitted that the three recent deaths are linked. 16-year-old Marnie Haynes and 40 nine-year-old Pam Abercrombie are the latest victims and were killed last week. Amanda, it's interesting officials admit three of the shootings are linked. There, This is a place that has a lot of killings, so, you know, gun crime is, is not that uh, uncommon, but they have admitted three of these are linked. 
Yeah, so it's interesting to see how they're actually going to make that a focus because they've said that though there is similarities, you know, where, where these last two victims particularly, one's 16 and one's 49, so it's, it's unusual that they've been able to make that sort of connection. So, you know, they said, yeah, we're not calling it a serial killer yet, but they are linked. So is this a spree killer? Is this uh, someone bumping off sex workers because of, you know, maybe they've, they've caught a sexually transmitted illness? You know, there could be a lot of reasons behind this. And so they don't want to say serial killer because, you know, that, that, that seems to be a common thing, especially when we have such a high-risk victim as a sex worker. So uh, they're just going to sort of play this out, but they don't want to have that alarm that there's a serial killer out there killing black sex workers. But at the same time... Which is a point we didn't mention in the intro, actually. And it's interesting. I made that decision because... I didn't want the impression that their work was a justification of these killings. So I think it's important we talk about the fact they were sex workers, but I didn't want that to be the focus of the intro because just because they're sex workers does not mean their killings are any less valid than anyone else in our society. 100%, but these are considered high-risk victims in that they mm. are um, available and accessible because, you know, a person walking down the street isn't going to get into a stranger's car, whereas a sex worker will, and that's why they're sort of easy pickings sometimes. But they don't want to alarm uh, that there's sex workers out there that they, you know, that they can't continue to do their jobs because someone is, is bumping them off. So it's now about finding motives and seeing how that can link to the others to see if there's some sort of trend between these victims, you know, some of them were geographically uh, close, but there are others that weren't. So um, this is going to be a case to watch, and it's fine that they have someone who is um, killing black sex workers purely because of their race as well. Mm. So, Yeah, we will keep an eye on this in the coming weeks. Meanwhile, police are seeking to keep a serial sex offender jailed over one of Sydney's most infamous crimes. Wayne Wilmot was just 15 years old when he was involved in the brutal rape and drowning of a young bank teller, Janine Balding, in the late 1980s. Her abduction, sexual assault and killing in the city's western suburbs has often been compared to that of Anita Cobby's sadistic murder, which came two years before. Amanda, police say he is a very violent man and rehab hasn't worked. No, it hasn't. And he's been in prison since 1989 as a 15-year-old. So for him to be in for this long, they actually um, extended his uh, incarceration order about two years ago, I think, purely because any rehab that they've offered, there hasn't been any indication that if he was to be released that he wouldn't keep reoffending. Now, he actually had a, a co-conspirator. There was a whole, whole group of them, but there was a 14-year-old as well, Bronson Blessington, who has found God, of course, and he believes that he will be released. But Wayne Wilmot, and with Wayne there was actually a moment after the Janine Balding murder that he actually at- uh, attacked someone at a local train station just here. So um, the, the, this guy was dangerous at the age of 15. Could you imagine him now at 40-odd? Mm. And tell me about the case because it's often compared to Anita Cobby. What are the similarities? 
Well, um, exactly like Anita Cobby, Janine was actually uh, taken from a train station. She worked at a bank in Sydney. She she took a train station home to Western Sydney as well, where Anita Cobby was taken. And a group of street kids just sort of picked her up after they attempted to um, uh, abduct another woman first. And that family of that first woman actually tried to find them because they knew that another girl was go- going to get snatched. Um, and they drove her around and sexually abused her and assaulted her. Um, until they actually ended up at um, a reservoir in Blacktown where they uh, pushed her head into the mud until she basically drowned. And it was a very horrible, violent death. Uh, she was found, you know, she, she had grass and, and reeds in, in her hands that were tightly clasped because mm. she had struggled in that mud to um, fight them for that very last time. But, yeah, it's a very similar case to Anita's, but it's one that's actually often forgotten because I think people still to this day are so affected by Anita Cobby's case, mm. that Janine's is just too much extra to sort of take on. It, it certainly doesn't have uh, the same level of awareness as the Cobby murder. No. That's certainly true. No, it doesn't. Okay, let's move on. Because an inquest into the death of Peter Sutcliffe, the Yorkshire Ripper, has confirmed his cause of death. The 74-year-old, who was serving life for murdering 13 women, died in November 2020 after catching COVID-19. This came because he refused to wear shielding measures. Sutcliffe had been warned that he was vulnerable to COVID-19 by authorities at Franklin Prison near Durham, but ignored their advice. Amanda, this death might bring comfort to some, but the daughter of his first victim actually took her own life and it's believed she did that because she couldn't cope with the notoriety of her mother's death. Yeah, it's absolutely tragic to hear that because what happens is that um, though these killers sort of get that sort of cult status sometimes, then when anything happens like his his death, the families of these victims are actually interviewed and hounded. And, I mean, we've just seen it recently with the William Tyrrell case that the, um, the foster family just want people to leave them alone. Mm. And so this is what happens. And, and if you're mentally frail anyway, especially after knowing that your mother died in such a brutal, horrific, way with you know hammer strikes to her head it's just something that you sort of can't get beyond and um you know you could say that she died of a broken heart rather than a suicide because you know it, it was just such a massive toll on her that she you know just couldn't cope anymore and my heart goes out to her that her life was so filled with tragedy and to then have it and in, in, in such the same way it's just it's just so sad yeah, absolutely. And COVID claims another one. It's really interesting, isn't it? The death penalty holds nothing to, well, probably does, but you know what I mean. The death penalty may not be used much anymore, but COVID-19 is certainly um, bringing justice to some of these killers. Yeah, it's, it's cleaning out a couple of cells. I can tell you that. We've had, had a fair few serial killers actually go via COVID for the last 18 months. So it's interesting that, um, you know, they these people are, you know, are just sort of wasting space and time and effort. And then suddenly we have this uh, pandemic that has hit the world and um, it's basically going through prisons and clearing the decks. I mean, if, if there's any positive out of COVID, which I don't think there is, um, is that a, a lot of serial killers are getting their own death sentence. Mm. 
All right. Well, don't forget, if you want to see us, not just hear us, you simply need to go to mwm.uscreen.io for access to the video podcast. You can buy individual episodes for just $5 or subscribe for a monthly fee of $15. Or if you'd like to tie it into one of our Patreon tiers, you can take out the $25 tier at patreon.com slash mwmconfessions. The $25 tier gives you video access, plus all the tiers below, including for $5 access to our complete back catalogue and brand new episodes a week early. The $10 package gives you access to the secret Facebook page and bonus episodes. $20 gets you the monthly group video chat with Amanda and myself. The $25 tier, as I said, gets you the video podcast and $50 a month gets you access to Amanda one-on-one in a monthly video chat. And please note, those figures are in American dollars. It is sometimes confusing for people in Australia where they're charged a little bit extra because of the conversion rate, but they are in American dollars. All right, in a moment, Elliot Roger is the man we are going to profile right here on Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. Even though I didn't want to get in the car, I had to... With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. 22-year-old Elliot Roger had a problem. Well, according to him, the world had a problem with him. He was a loner and he often questioned why that was. Was he repulsive? Was he scary? Was he stupid? According to him, Roger was magnificent. It was just that women didn't see that in him. So following weeks of video diary entries and a manifesto that stretched to 141 pages where he described that all of his suffering was at the hands of humanity, he decided to seek his revenge. On May 23, 2014, Elliot Roger murdered six people and injured a further 14 near the campus of the University of California in Santa Barbara. Roger stabbed three male victims. Each was murdered as they entered the apartment building where Roger and the men lived. After attempting to clean the scene, he left and headed to a local coffee shop with his laptop in his hand. He ordered a coffee and then headed to his car to load his final video to his YouTube channel and emailed his manifesto to a number of people, including his therapist, who attempted to reach Roger without success. His parents then saw his final video and called police before heading out into the evening to try and find their son. Roger headed to the Alpha Phil sorority house and with a gun in his hand, he knocked on the front door. Two women who were walking nearby were shot and killed. A third escaped with gunshot injuries. Following the shooting, he returned to his car and fired indiscriminately at several businesses without injuring anyone. He then fired several shots into a takeaway food shop and killed another victim. Roger then drove erratically through the area. He deliberately lined up a pedestrian and ran him over, killing him. He ran over more victims with his car and shot at others, injuring several. 
Soon police were in pursuit and Roger fired at them as well before escaping and injuring more pedestrians. He was shot during another confrontation with the local deputy sheriff and crashed his car. He ended his own life soon after. Well, Amanda, that's one hell of a setup. It certainly is, and uh, this is one of those cases that um, it is so perplexing and at the same time it's like there is so many alarm bells going off and red flags that this was something that I believe could have been avoided. Right. Okay, well, unlike many of the confessions we do on this podcast, this time there are no tricks and manoeuvres by police. Instead, we have direct-to-camera diary entries from Elliot Roger as he planned his mass murder. Hey, Elliot Roger here. Uh, okay, that's a seven-second clip, Amanda, and you're already wanting to analyse it. What are you seeing in that seven seconds? <laughs> well, as you know, we usually expect to see, you know, a vlog being just someone with, with their camera in, in their hand or their phone and they press record and start talking, which he, he does in other ones. But in this one, he sets up the shot. So he has this on a tripod because it's high enough for him, him to be at eye level and he strolls into shot. So this isn't just a, oh, I'm just going to do this on, on the fly. So he has recorded this and edited it and all of that sort of stuff. So it's interesting that for someone who is so unhinged, he's actually very in the in the moment and present as he actually decides that this is how he wants to film this part of his vlog. Yeah, this isn't a video diary where someone's just holding a, a camera and doing a selfie. There, This is a planned shoot, basically. I mean, yes, as you say, he's doing the walk to camera. It's almost like the, hello, I'm Troy McClure. You know, um, it's, <laughs> it's certainly not what you would expect from someone unhinged. But look, the dramatics don't stop with the shot set up. Roger, as we will see, is full of drama. I'm up in the hills in Montecito right now. It's truly a beautiful day. But, as I've always said, a beautiful environment is the darkest hell if you have to experience it all alone. Drama, drama, drama. Yeah, you know, and, um, you know, it's the darkest hell if, if, if you're alone. And we're going to actually hear this sort of premise several times through his various vlogs that we're actually going to go through because it is about his loneliness and everything. Now, um, I'm going to just go into the incel theory just for a moment and then we're going to leave it alone because I think it's too simplistic. But incel is obviously the um, involuntary seller bit that he is um and people say you know that he's he's the king of the incels because he you know never had sex never had a girlfriend and everything and that this actually drove him to what he did now it does to a certain extent but there is a lot of people out there who are involuntary celibate including myself you know that don't go and and decide to uh, kill multiple people because of it so i think it's a label to put on him yeah but i don't think that we can use this as the only premise for why he did this but you know he's a virgin at 22 big freaking deal you know there's a lot of people that are virgins for their entire lives the fact that he's only this age just shows that he's immature and impulsive more than anything else so i Incel has has been spoken about, and let's move on because mm. people focus too much on, on on that part of his facade. Well, it's interesting. I mean, just from the short clips I've already seen, 
he has confidence on camera. He's actually pretty natural on camera. He seems good looking, like he's not some ugly hunchback or anything like that. So it's interesting that he couldn't bring those attributes to real life. Now, there is a thing where some people shine on camera. So they come across very differently and more confident on camera than they do in real life. He has certainly got a calling on camera. There is a naturalness there to him uh, presenting there and talking to the camera. He obviously couldn't translate that to real life. No, and I think that's part of of the story is that he... um is so confused because he believes that he is magnificent um, and no one else can see it. And so it's, yeah, anyway. (laughs) No, that's interesting. Well, Well, we'll get to more of that because Roger continues on the lonely path. And sadly, I've been alone for a very long time. I've been attending college in Santa Barbara for about two and a half years now. In those two and a half years, I've experienced nothing but loneliness and misery. And my problem is girls. Interesting. I'm interested in the fact that he pointed at the camera when he said girls. And what does he mean? Is his problem that they're horrible people or that he can't talk to them? Well, I think it's um, quite interesting that we actually have this moment that, um, you know, he, he does that pointing thing and, and it's just so amazing that um, it's one of the very few hand gestures he does. So, and it's ah. girls and, you know, and that's what he's doing. And in body language um, lessons that people do, and I've done this on, on the Patreon group, um, people learn in public speaking that you never point because a pointing can be directed at someone that you're not even looking at, but he did it straight down camera and did that on purpose as that moment of saying you're to blame for all of this. Yeah. Well, look, before we um, go further in that, let's just have another look at that clip to see the point. And my problem is girls. <laughs> that pointed action, it really is fascinating, Amanda. Yes, it is. And um, it's so weird because, as you saw when we rewatched that, there is, you know, the, the slight hand movements, but that one is he's making sure that that is on camera mm. and it's a complete accusation that women are the reason that he is horrible. Well, yes, and he then questions why that is. There are so many beautiful girls here, but none of them give me a chance, and I don't know why. I don't know why you girls are so repulsed by me. It doesn't make sense. Does he really think women are repulsed by him? He seems genuinely confused there. He does question it, and um, I don't think it's a repulsion. Like, as you said, he's not sort of this hunchback monster with a growl and a drool. He is just someone that on camera seems fine, and this is what we get to see, and these are like the the last weeks of his his life. But he is so confused, and he, he just wants to know why they are. And in person, there has to be something that women are sort of getting the red flags from that up until to this point right here you really don't see. 
Now, this is interesting because when we, in our news section, talked about the, um, the what was it, the dating show killer, um, uh, yeah. the, the, the one that appeared on the dating show and uh, the dating game, sorry, I think it was called, and the woman who chose him to go on the date with didn't go on the date because she found him creepy. So it's interesting that there are red flags in people like this. And on that, we actually have a clip from ABC News where a friend of Roger's talks about the possible warning signs that led to the shootings. Me and my group of international friends, we just want to get him into a group and trying to help him. He was really, really upset about why is the world so unfair to him and like, oh, I'm a good looking guy and why are girls falling for those ugly fat guys? Sometimes I don't want to hang out with him because he's so depressing. Mm-hmm. He never actually made me feel that, oh, there's a rat flag. And we watched a movie uh, with a group of friends. It's called Chronicle. After the movie, he told me that, oh, I want to dominate the world. Like, while the shooting was going on, I was in a bar with my friend. I saw a picture of his car. So I was really shocked. I'm like, dude, this is Elliot's car. I started to see some news feedback on Facebook and I was totally shocked. I was disappointed. Interesting use of the term disappointed that his friend became a mass murderer. Yeah, it's a really odd statement to say, and that interview actually goes longer. And the uh, incoherent responses that that guy gave is is quite unusual. But you know, he said that you know that 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 Roger was one of these people who was so depressed. You know, like woe is me, the world airs against me. So people don't want to spend their time around someone like that. And he was in therapy, and 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 there was um, a diagnosis of mental health. And the fact that he then says, "Well, I want to dominate the world," so this. Is, you know, those mm-hmm. evil genius people that sort of um, everyone hates them, so they're going to come and hate everyone back and do it in an explosive way. But the fact that he says he's disappointed, it's 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 a weird mindset and it's about sort of him, you know, there's a guilt to that. But at, at, at the same time, Chan is, is sort of saying that, um, or how to how to describe this, that, that um, he could have done other things, that he didn't have to go and kill people. So that's the disappointment. You know, it's like when your mum says to you, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Yeah. That's where it's going to. Right, got you. Well, look, let's head back now to Roger and his vlog. And in this bit, he tries to justify why girls should like him. I do everything I can to appear attractive to you. I dress nice. I'm sophisticated. I'm magnificent. I have a nice car, a BMW. Well, nicer than 90% of the people in my college. Um, You know, I'm polite. I'm the ultimate gentleman. And yet, you girls, you never give me a chance. The point when he says, you girls again, he, we get the point. But it's interesting. It, you can see how he's sort of on the outside of society because he's like, I'm ticking the boxes here. I'm polite. It's, it, it, I've got to say, it's like Sheldon in the Big Bang Theory. Oh, you're upset. 
protocol says I have to get you a warm cup of tea. You know, so it's like he's like, here's the guide to getting girls be polite, dress nice, have a nice car. And yet he's doing all those things and can't understand why that's not working. And that's the interesting part, and and you said it well, saying it's, it's, it's like Sheldon. You know, he's thinking A plus B must equal C. Mm. And so what he's, he's doing, as you said, he's ticking those boxes. I have a nice car. He drives a BMW, I will say. I may be wrong there. Um, and I think that's he what he is, said. Uh, just, yeah, um, you know, I, you know, and he goes like, you should be impressed by this. You know, I'm, I'm polite, but are you polite because society says you have to be, or are you just a polite guy? That's the difference that he's not seeing. I'm mm. a perfect gentleman. I am magnificent. You know, it's, it's like you know the ugly duckling. You know, the swans are magnificent, and he's sort of put into this other box, and so he is trying to tick all, all, all these boxes so you know i'm polite i'm nice i'm attractive well i'll get the car now that'll get the chicks you know mm. and this is what he's trying to do there, there is almost an, an an autism spectrum response here um with that sort of um the, the this is the answer yeah. i need to give for this thing to make it go forward but it's also part of psychopathy as well that's the facade we have this person who is for me to fit into society i have to have these these elements and we know that lots of serial killers are polite and wonderful mm. and they also have that god complex of i am magnificent i mean for it's such an unusual word to use but it just sort of yes. gives that insight into who roger is yes absolutely well again in this next clip he lays out his charm i don't know why you know, I, I put a lot of effort into dressing nice. These, these sunglasses here were $300. Giorgio Armani. So I'll put them on. See? <laughs> Did you get a Jim's jo- Jim Jones vibe in when he put on those sunnies? That's the first thing I saw. I mean, and and it's like, hang on a sec, we've, we've just sort of trans, transferred from one mass killer to another one. It just, it's a bit creepy that that happened, but it just sort of shows you these personas that they actually have. And, you know, but what we're also seeing is that all this is outward. This is all about I dress nice, mm. I have a nice car. I'm mm. like, there's nothing about his personality. There's nothing inward. This is all superficial responses. And this is all about that, you know, oh, I have Giorgio Armani glasses, so you must like me. It's like... Yeah. It makes no sense, yeah. <laughs> well, um, he continues to postulate about his plight. See? Look at how fabulous I look. You know, I feel so invisible as I walk through my college because none of the girls there pay attention to me. I see so many beautiful blonde-haired, just so many beautiful blonde-haired girls walking around everywhere. It looks like he's got a type, beautiful blonde girls. Yes, he does, and that's actually going to come full circle when we get oh. to the actual final, final moments. But also he says they aren't paying attention to me. 
So he's not going up and saying, hi, how are you? I'm Elliot. He's saying they're not paying attention to me. I should be exuding this radiance that uh, is meant to draw you in. So we have basically a future cult leader. This is this is how they want to be start. cult leader. About that, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know, he's, he 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 killed himself a few days after this. But this is what we're seeing. That Jim Jones thing is almost like a a, a this was the future that would have come if Elliot had had, had survived the shootings or whatever. It, but would it's it just and, so and I, amazing? I hear what you're saying about that he killed himself a few days later, but the difference between him and Jim Jones is Jim Jones obviously had the kind of personality that drew people in. This guy wants that Hollywood scene that when he walks down and the corridor and all the people are closing their lockers and the girl closes their locker, looks at him and goes, hmm, and he's sort of pulling off the sunglasses in slow motion. But what he's getting, he's walking down that corridor and Life is going on as normal, and no one's giving him a second thought. So, is the and the reason I used wannabe, wannabe cult leader is because it is what he wants. He wants the adulation. He wants people to hang off his every word, but he doesn't seem to have the personality to be able to pull that through. We know that ugly people can draw people in because of their personality. This guy, I mean, he's not a Brad Pitt, but he's good looking enough. You know, he thinks the clothes maketh the man, but he is proof that it doesn't. Yeah, and and what we have then is that this is what happens. These rejects in life go and find their people. You know, Jim Jones didn't start where he ended up, and sure, 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 yeah. Time to cultivate that. I mean, he he doesn't have the panache of Charles Manson or or, or, or Jones, but he has that desire that um, he has this goal, uh, godlike status. He just has to find the right people to come to him, and uh, you know. It, it doesn't, thankfully, but, you know, it just shows that this is what can happen and this is the warning signs that we can see earlier of these people that then go to to become uh, these cult leaders. Mm. And, and we talked about clothes and he continues to go on about clothing. And you're revealing shorts or cascading blonde hair, pretty faces. And I want one for a girlfriend. I want to take a girl out on a date and prove to her that I'm worthy. I want to feel that sense of being worthy of a girl's love and affection. I'm 22 years old and I've never had a girlfriend. I'm still a virgin. I've never had the pleasure of having sex with a girl, sleeping with a girl, kissing a girl. I've never even held a girl's hand. That is a bit weird um, to not even have held a hand. Um, now, look, he is only 22 and there is plenty of time for that. But at 22, that would make you feel weird that you haven't even held a girl's hand, I've got to say. Yeah, and that's why he seems to be so confused. He thinks that his his plan should have worked. He has all the all the ingredients for the recipe, but it hasn't come to fruition. So, you know, he, he wants them to flock to him. We're not seeing 
that he wants to make a personal connection. This is about getting his dick wet, basically. So Yeah, it's, well, it's he's, he's not longing after a particular girl, just a girl. Yep, anyone will do. Well, they have to be thin and beautiful and blonde, um, and he sort of makes allusions to that later. But it's interesting that it's – there's no personal connection that's happening. It's all superficial. You know that, yeah, he just wants to have sex. You know, I've never even had sex with a woman. He starts there. The hand-holding one, he's almost ashamed to say. There's a sort mm. of uh, minute pause that sort of makes him say, you know, even this is going to be embarrassing. Mm. Let's continue with his manifesto. Hell, I don't even have a, a young girl's phone number in my cell phone and that's just such an injustice because I'm so magnificent I deserve girls much more than all those slobs I see at my college who are somehow able to walk around with beautiful girls I mean even in the college town that I stay in during my semesters as I walk around like the common areas of those towns or the areas where all the college parties happen, I see these obnoxious guys walking with beautiful girls. And that pisses me off because I should be the one with the girls. <laughs> I mean, look at me. I'm gorgeous. But you girls don't see it. I don't understand why you, you're so repulsed by me. Why won't you give me a chance? It's ridiculous. There's certainly a lot of resentment building, but then he describes a specific incident. I mean, the other day, I was doing some grocery shopping at Trader Joe's, and I was, of course, all alone, as I always am which makes me feel so miserable. Anyway, I was doing my shopping and I see this, this like disgusting looking loser. Well, he's a loser in my opinion. And he walks in with these two beautiful blonde girls at his side. I couldn't believe my eyes, I was so, insulted by that because I should be the one with the girls but you never give me a chance if you just give me a chance and get to know me you'll see that I am worthy of you because I am It's really interesting to me, Amanda. He's very elitist. He sees someone else as the loser but ultimately he's the loser because he's the one who can't get the girls yeah, and it's interesting that he says that these people are losers in his eyes. Mm. So, in other words, these are your football jocks or whatever you want to say, you know, the alphas, um, and he can't understand why he's not the alpha, but these guys are more popular, and so he therefore sees them as rejects and horrible people because they can get the girls because they're big and chunky and, and muscular and he's this tiny skinny guy but he has the good car so you know it's just interesting that it's he's he's seeing these things he's focusing on these moments as the reasons why he hates the world yes indeed well then in a moment of disgust he actually walks away from the camera (laughs) unbelievable 
I mean, this world is so beautiful, but it's so sad and depressing when I have to experience it all alone. And I have to watch other guys able to walk around and enjoy their lives with beautiful girlfriends at their side. And I can only imagine how amazing their sex lives must be. I've never had any sex or any anything like that. It's such an injustice. I don't know why you girls hate me so much. I've always wished I could ask you this, and this is my way of asking you this. This is the only way I can ask you. Um, interesting, a few interesting things. I've got to say, Amanda, this would be one for listeners to go and get the video podcast because his body language is something to behold. This isn't just a police interview. This is him using the space. The way he walked away from the camera, did a bit of theatrics of throwing his arms up in the air and then walked back to camera. He certainly knows the space and it comes back to that confidence he's got on the camera. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I knew that you would love this because you are, you know, a TV producer and understand how all of this works. So, um, you know, and at, at the same time, I think he wanted that dramatic ending that he was just going to walk away because he started it by walking up and so here he was going to walk away. But he had more to say. So he had to come <laughs> back and continue. And it's amazing that uh, this is such a directed vlog. This isn't, oh, I'm just going to upload this and tell people about my day or even my thoughts or a diary or anything, which is what this is. It, it is a diary. Yeah. He is directing this to specific people that he says, you know, I want to ask you this, but you won't let me. But it's not, there, there doesn't seem to be any interaction whatsoever. You know, he says, oh, there's parties and, and, and things that, that are going on around him. He is almost devoid of existence and, and that's his confusing part. But is that because he's not reaching out that he or, or that he has been rejected? He never actually goes to that point that I don't think he was rejected he just expected people to flock and they didn't yeah well roger moves on and begins another vlog episode of the woe is me show and of course he starts it with another setup shot this time using the logo of his bmw before he shows us that he's at the beach i'm just sitting in my car right now enjoying the view of the beach and my view has been ruined by this site right here. In front of me, sitting right there on that bench, is a young couple, I presume about my age. I was enjoying such a nice view until they came and sat down and started kissing. This, this is the reason why life isn't fair. Why does that guy get to have such a beautiful girlfriend while I'm all alone? Why? Why can't I experience something like that right there? They're kissing right now. It's torture for me to watch, but I have to do this. I have to film this. I have to show the world why life isn't fair.
first, I have to show everyone why I hate the world. Because no girl would do this with me. Look at them. He's in heaven right now. He's sitting on this beautiful beach with his beautiful girlfriend, kissing her, feeling her love. Well, I'm sitting here all alone because no beautiful girl wants to be my girlfriend. I hate them. I hate them so much. Why does he deserve to get that experience and not me? I can only imagine the heavenly things they'll be doing together when they go back home tonight. I'm sure they'll be having sex. What will I be doing? Lying in my bed alone with no one because no one wants me. I bet he goes to the same college as me. <sighs> Yet he gets to experience his college life with his beautiful blonde girlfriend. And I have to suffer this miserable loneliness. It's not fair. Life is not fair. For God's sake, have a wank. I mean, you know, <laughs> this is just get a prostitute. I don't know. There's ways around this. Um, but this is disturbing on so many levels, the um, voyeurism of watching other people, but it's not voyeurism uh, for thrill-seeking or for sexual kinks, it's to reinforce the um, the feelings he has of being ignored and how life isn't fair, and that's that repetitive, life isn't fair, life isn't fair. Yeah, that's right. You know, we're, we're seeing him saying these words. There's absolutely no emotion going on here. You know, when he says that they're in love and when he says, I hate them, there's no difference. There's no sort of escalation or de-escalation in, in, in his voice patterns. And, again, we have a blonde-haired girl. I, I hope that you notice that too. Um, you know, but but this isn't voyeurism. As, as you said, this is trauma exposure. This is him saying, this is what I hate in the world, so I have to watch it so it makes me hate and I have to film it so yeah, exactly you know and i'm sit sitting here at the beach and the beach was a beautiful day until these two suddenly turned up yeah mm. no you followed these people you knew what was happening you know as, as you said he probably goes to my uni and he probably does because he followed him you know so it's just amazing that these people are innocent but he is seeing them as a a smite on his personality and and, and his person how dare these people kiss because no one's kissing him you know mm. here's our red flags yeah yeah well, he then records a third vlog, and this time Roger is on camera once more. And this is filmed just after the last vlog, but he says nothing more than he hadn't already said in the previous vlog. So, look, we'll move on to the final video. He is where 
So we'll move on to... I'll overlay this bit. So we'll move on to the final video where he is sitting facing into the sunset. That gives the footage a warm golden hue that belies the coldness of his words of the last 24 hours of his life. Hi. Elliot Roger here. Well, this is my last video. It all has to come to this. Tomorrow is the day of retribution. The day in which I will have my revenge against humanity, against all of you. For the last eight years of my life, ever since I've hit puberty, I've been forced to endure an existence of loneliness, rejection, and unfulfilled desires, all because girls have never been attracted to me. Girls gave their affection and sex and love to other men, but never to me. I'm 22 years old and I'm still a virgin. I've never even kissed a girl. Okay, there's no doubt that there's, in this video, there's a lot of repetitiveness. I mean, uh, it was 16 minutes of him complaining that no one wants to, you know, be with him. But here he is saying, I am going to get my revenge. Yes, and the words he's using are very biblical, you know, retribution and things like mm. that. This is where that cult leader sensibility comes in. So we don't have the charisma, but we have that drive to go there. And this is why I'm, I'm, I'm quite fascinated by this case. You know, but um, there's no self-reflection. It's all deflection. Yes. So I'm amazing and magnificent yep. and everyone else is doing the wrong thing. They're, they're, they're not doing right by him. It's not like, you know, oh, I went and asked this girl out and she said no. It's just that they're, they're supposed to flock. And as you said, this has been 16 minutes of him going blah, 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 woe is me, you know, and everyone else has done wrong, you know. But what we're seeing is that he's actually an obnoxious asshole and mm. that's why people don't like him. He's a Debbie Downer at one point and at the other, you know, what was me, but, oh, my God, I'm incredible, and yeah. people don't see it. You know, it. It's both. Yeah, 100%. Let's go back and see more of this last video. Um, and to be honest, he's just being an arsehole. I've been through college for two and a half years, more than that, actually, and I'm still a virgin. It has been very torturous. College is the time when everyone experiences those things such as sex and fun and pleasure. But in those years, I've had to rot in loneliness. It's not fair. You girls have never been attracted to me. I don't know why you girls aren't attracted to me, but I will punish you all for it. It's an injustice, a crime, because I don't know what you don't see in me. I'm the perfect guy. And yet you throw yourselves at all these obnoxious men instead of me, the supreme gentleman. The arrogance is breathtaking. It's, um, it's interesting watching him. Because you can see it in his eyes. There's an anger, but he's not exploding. 
there's an anger where he's with the words where he's saying, but you don't, you know, you throw yourselves at them, but not me. But he's not over the top, but the eyes are saying so much. Oh, my God, I'm so proud of you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The lessons are done. Um, Yeah, but it's it's that quiet and calm psychopathy, which is what we're actually seeing. Like if if you watch him, he raises his nose, and this is him looking down on the world. This Mm. is him saying, you know, you're less than me, so, you know, I should be sort of like telling you to go away because it's just too much because I am the perfect gentleman. And so he does that, and he raises his, his... his nose he turns his head to the side in contempt because he doesn't understand as we've done through all of this you know he's he's this magnificent creature but as you said there's no aggravation that that there's no um fight in his his anger it's spiteful but it's not um you know how dare you if this Mm. if that it's it's that calmness which as we know with people like Jeffrey Dahmer, that can actually be more scary than if he was being overtly mm. or, or physically aggressive. Yeah, it's interesting. I wonder what would have happened if he'd actually had sex. It's it's the going running narrative through this and how he hasn't had sex. And I just wonder if, if he had that intimacy, would that have satisfied him? I think it is because he was um, directing his his attentions to women that were out of his league. So maybe mm. if he had gone for a 6 instead of a 12 out of 10, maybe he would have had more luck, but he would have seen them as unworthy completely. Yeah. So if there was, you know, like a, a chunky chick like me who sort of said to him, hey, how about it, he, he would have <laughs> dismissed that. That doesn't count. And I can say because I'm a fat person, you know, but, but, but this is what it is. He wants those blonde-haired, blue-eyed cheerleaders. He doesn't want the anyone else that's around. Now, Amanda, you've made us a little video. I'm just going to play it, and you're going to explain it to us after we've seen it. Let's <laughs> roll the clip. Hi, Elliot Roger here. I'm 22 years old. My name is Patrick Bateman. I'm 27 years old. Okay, so that's American Psycho, isn't it? And are you trying to say they've been influenced by this guy? No, I think what it is is that it just shows that this is what these psychopaths are like. Now, Patrick Bacon, Patrick Bateman is a um, composite of several other killers, but it's that coolness and calmness. And every time I was listening to Roger speak, that's where I kept going to. I was literally mm. going through the script of American Psycho, trying to sort of uh, match it up because it seems like he had probably read American Psycho because the way that he portrays himself is exactly that, that same sort of psychopath. <laughs> So I just, I just sort of, I, I had a bit of fun there. I was just being a bit silly, but I, hey, I edited a video. I'm not very good at it, but I, I, I gave it a go. <laughs> well done, you. I mean, I did have to trim a few flash frames out, but it's fine. Uh, meanwhile, <laughs> true story. Uh, Roger then continues on about his plan for punishment. I will punish all of you for it. <laughs> Oh, my God, the maniacal laugh. I reckon that's the most frightening part so far. 
it was chilling. I got goosebumps again, and I've seen this multiple times now. It's just, it's evil because it's so simplistic, and it's just, this is the first almost type of emotion that we've seen. And it's not that he thinks it's funny. He thinks it's evil, and mm, he is mm. um, relishing this fact. So, you know, this is the, the psychopathy that's sort of taken over. He's done now. He is no longer the man. He is now the monster. Oh, look, we should call our podcast that. Um, you know, but the love <laughs> shows that it, this is an anger. This is a hatefulness. And rather than yell and scream, he laughs. So mm. it's just so the the responses that he has throughout this is, like you said about Sheldon before, you know, they think this is how they're supposed to respond. And so yes. now he doesn't care. So he can mm. laugh at what he's doing. Mm. Well, Roger continues his diatribe. Let's take a look. On the day of retribution. <laughs> Hang on, is that all we're showing? That's all we're showing. Uh, Because he said on the day of retribution. Now, earlier he said tomorrow. So this is him now having a possible second thought that it may Ah. be tomorrow because maybe I have some other ideas. So instantly he's gone from tomorrow, a definite, to the day of retribution. So that's why it's so short because I went, hang on a sec. You're not actually as positive as you felt before. So this is just showing how his brain is circling, and he's now a bit a bit scared. So very very interesting. I, well, <laughs> it, it really is. I I just thought that was him referring to tomorrow as the day of retribution. But this is why you are the expert. He then goes on to explain his plans on the day of retribution. I am going to enter. The hottest sorority house of UCSB. And I will slaughter every single spoiled, stuck-up, blonde slut I see inside there. All those girls that I've desired so much, they would have all rejected me and looked down upon me as an inferior man if I ever made a sexual advance towards them. while they throw themselves at these obnoxious brutes. I'll take great pleasure in slaughtering all of you. You will finally see that I am, in truth, the superior one, the true alpha male. That is uh, some scary stuff. This is the, that clip is the work of a psychopath and that laugh at the end is just chilling. I can't work out whether he's putting it on or whether it's just him (laughs) as he rubs his chin. Oh, my God, that's scary stuff. (laughs) It is, and and the laugh there is more about him trying to uh, reassure himself and he's laughing to fill in the gap of what he wants to say next. But, see, our beautiful blonde-haired girls have now become sluts. Yeah. 
blog sluts. So, you know, in this time of these couple of, of, of vlogs, it, that has totally changed, you know. But I have to say, if he had the balls, he would have posted this when he recorded it, not waited until after he had started his slaughter. Three people were dead by the time that he decided to go to a coffee shop and upload this. So, um, you know, it just it just proves how pathetic he is and he thinks he's so wonderful. But, yeah, you know, he sure people, people have been back foot. I mean, he doesn't want to be caught before he's actually carried anything out. But it's interesting to me that the women have gone from an object of desire to uh, an object of contempt. He's contemptuous towards oh, them. And the choices they make... Exactly. So that's what he's saying. You should have chosen me and this mm. wouldn't have happened. But, you know, now, you know, he's – so there has been a shift between these last couple and this one. So maybe he did try and speak to someone and they rejected him and that was the final straw. But something mm. has happened that these beautiful blonde-haired girls, and they were girls to him, are now blonde-haired sluts. So yeah. As you said, that a derogatory term, and yeah, uh, he has now taken that next level up, and they've taken a couple of steps down. Yeah, and it's escalating. Well, let's go back to the video diary as Roger continues. Yes. After I've annihilated every single girl in the sorority house, I'll take to the streets of Isla Vista and slay every single person I see there. All those popular kids who live such lives of hedonistic pleasure while I've had to rot in loneliness for all these years. They've all looked down upon me every time I tried to go out and join them. They've all treated me like a mouse. Well now, I will be a god compared to you. Interesting, that religious uh, expression continues, I will be a god. Exactly. So now he's godlike. Um, I would call him a pompous asshole, but he <laughs> thinks he is a god. So he has now transcended um, what was part of his his life amongst these people. He is, is is now loftier, and they're no longer worthy of anything that he would have to offer anyway. So mm. that superficial need and, and and desires now are gone. He is now, um, as as he said, he is a god, and so he now sees this as as a, a reward for his um, virginity is basically now that all of these people are just scum and, you know, he's like the Virgin Mary or something. You know? mm. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, yeah, absolutely. But Roger continues his ranting. You will all be animals. You are animals and I will slaughter you like animals. I'll be a god exacting my retribution and all those who deserve it. And you do deserve it, just for the crime of living a better life than me. All you popular kids, you've never accepted me. And now you all pay for it. And girls, all I've ever wanted was to love you and to be loved by you. I've wanted a girlfriend. I've wanted sex, I've wanted love, affection, adoration. Do you think I'm unworthy of it? That's a crime that can never be forgiven. 
Interesting. I'm using the word interesting a lot because it is interesting listening and looking at him and not liking him is a crime. But also on some level, he seems to understand that he's punishing them for just being them. Yeah, exactly. And the fact that this is a crime, this means that he must seek justice against them. So this is how how that mindset works. So he has tried, and now he's actually talking about affection, but he also says adoration. So this was, that would have been far more important to him. It's not about the love, though, though he, he does say that. It's about the sex and that they were to sort of throw themselves at him, like prostrate at, at, at his feet, because it was about um, how wonderful he is, you know, I am a god, and you will be punished. You know, he's he wants to smite people um, because they don't adore him. It's mm. it's just proves that that, that that thought process that's happening. Yeah. Well, he then ends his chilling, hateful vlog with even more threats. If I can't have you, girls, I will destroy you. <laughs> You denied me a happy life, and in turn, I will deny all of you life. (laughs) It's only fair. I hate all of you. Humanity is a disgusting, wretched, depraved species. If I had it in my power, I would stop at nothing to reduce every single one of you to mountains of skulls and rivers of blood. And rightfully so. You deserve to be annihilated. And I'll give that to you. You never showed me any mercy, and so I will show you none. You forced me to suffer all my life, and now I'll make you all suffer. I've waited a long time for this. I'll give you exactly what you deserve, all of you, all you girls who rejected me and looked down upon me and you know, treated me like scum while you gave yourselves to other men. And all of you men for living a better life than me, all of you sexually active men, I hate you. I hate all of you. I can't wait to give you exactly what you deserve. Utter annihilation. Elliot Roger murdered six people and injured a further 14 victims before turning the gun on himself. This is how it was reported at the time. A Friday night rampage in this bustling college town. 22-year-old Elliot Roger, believed by his family to be the gunman, seen on his Facebook page in his shiny black BMW, the same car used by the shooter. I'm in shock. I was here when the shots started going off. Investigators say it all happened in just 10 minutes of terror in Isla Vista, right near the campus of UC Santa Barbara. Shots fired, shots fired. 
The first call at 927, that BMW driving madly around the neighborhood, leaving behind nine crime scenes, running over at least one person, gunfire coming out the window while winding around the Loop, a restaurant and bar-rimmed road packed with students. One by one, they fell. Lisa Hopper tried in vain to perform CPR on a fellow student who did not survive. Three kids there to perform CPR on a kid who was barely breathing and bleeding. Oh, and um, paramedics finally showed up. And I felt it, like I felt the wind right past my face. 18-year-old Sierra Swartz was walking home when she says the gunman pulled up right next to her, called out the window, and started shooting after she ignored him. She later recognized the same smile and eerie laugh in the video posted by Elliot Roger on YouTube. And that image was in your head. I've never actually literally looked in looked in the face of the devil, you know. After two gun battles with police and a chase, it was all over. Seven people were dead, including the gunman, seven others injured. Tonight, investigators are pouring over videos Roger posted online. This one just a day before the shooting, in which he complains about being rejected by girls and warning that the time for revenge had come. Tomorrow is the day of retribution. Roger's family knew he was troubled. His father, Peter Roger, is assistant director for the Hunger Games movies. An attorney for the family said today he had multiple therapists, that his parents and a social worker called police to report their concerns just last week after they saw the videos he posted. After interviewing the child in the child's home, that it was a perfectly p polite, kind, and wonderful human. Roger had Asperger's syndrome, a form of autism, and other students who knew him say he struggled socially. Roger's father spoke to Barbara Walters about the mass murder perpetrated by his son and the burden this is for everyone. Every night I go to sleep, I wake up, and I think of those young men and young women that have died and were injured and were terrorized. And my son did that. My son caused so much pain and suffering for so many families. Jeez, Amanda, that's a hard thing to live with. It is, and the fact that he spoke out I think is good, but um, you have to imagine the guilt and the blame that they actually go through. You know, we can say that we can see the red flags now, but it's mm. often that um, what is happening is that there is so much more, and you know, and teenagers and 22-year-olds do shut down, and yeah. um, Peter Roger has to live with this for the rest of his life, and I cannot imagine what pain that would be for him, as well as the uh, the victims and, and the families of those that were, were killed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, Amanda, thank you for that case. It was very interesting to see it from a video vlog perspective rather than the police interview. We will have another episode of Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions next week. And will it be a big one? You bet your life. Amanda has found some footage that isn't widely known on the internet. Here's the cell. Everyone thinks there's only 15 minutes of it. But Amanda has found four and a half hours. Now, we will bring you this story next week on Monsters Who Murder Serial Killer Confessions. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. Hi. 
This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 